0: And welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I am very excited to be back on the air, being able to bring all of these interviews to you. I had a much-needed five-week hiatus. I appreciate everyone out there for their patience as I got everything together for the new slate of episodes that are coming directly to you via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Thank you for everyone for listening. And thank you to everyone for all of your lovely comments and notes during the hiatus. I really appreciate it. And you guys, you're in for a treat today. I have the wonderful Everett Downing on the podcast today. This is part one of my interview with Everett. He's a storyboard artist for Sony Pictures Animation. He's also worked with, among other studios, Big Idea, Blue Sky, and Pixar. He is a fantastic person. He has worked on a number of wonderful projects. And for all of you lucky people who will be in Burbank for the CTN Expo, November 18th through 20th, Everett will be on two, count them, two different panels. So you'll get a chance to see and hear him live and in person and ask him questions afterwards. So make sure if you're going to be at CTNX to check out those panels. I will include a link in the show notes for the events page of CTNX so you can see exactly what day and time he will be speaking. And like I said, he was a fantastic guest and I really enjoyed speaking with him. So without further ado, I present episode 31, Interview with Everett Downing what's your backstory
1: my backstory what's my origin story yeah what super- is
0: your origin
1: story I'm <laughs> a big superhero buff so I, I believe in the origin story <laughs> absolutely I grew up uh, you know in Denver Colorado actually a lot of my family's from Louisiana but my parents actually went to Boulder for because my dad got a teaching gig over at the, uh, the university over there and then they moved to Denver like a few years later. So I grew up in Denver and I was like always big into like, you know, comic books, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, your standard geek fare, you know, love Star Wars and all that. And I became enamored with comic books when I was probably in high school. And I, I was pretty much, I was pretty much convinced that that's what I was going to do for a living to the extent where I actually went to, SBA, my first year of college was at School of Visual Arts. I was an illustration major at the time. And while I was attending classes there, I had taken a couple of courses. And I just remember a few friends of mine, like, you know, you kind of form clicks and that sort of thing. And the guys are hanging out with, I was trying, like they were looking, they kept looking at my artwork and they kept saying like, you know, do you ever think about going into animation? Like your style, like seems really suited towards that. And at the time, I hadn't really thought of it. I was kind of big into cartoons and, and animation, but I wasn't. it wasn't something I thought I wanted to do. I liked Disney films, and I think at that time, I really dug Aladdin. Aladdin was out. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I never thought of it. That seems like that could be something cool to go into. And at the time, a friend of mine was like, he kind of introduced me to anime, and that kind of blew my mind. He, he introduced me to Akira at the time. It just he'd gotten like this little bootleg copy. (laughs) And I just remember seeing that. And I think the back of my brain just kind of exploded. I was just like, what is this? Can you do this in animation? This is amazing. So that got me like super pumped. And I decided like, you know what? I This is something I think I'd like to pursue. I'd like to really get into. So I actually ended up going, I switched colleges. I ended up going to I tried to go a couple places. I actually tried to go um, to CalArts, but CalArts was a little too pricey for me. I couldn't hang with it. Or my mom couldn't hang with it. She's like, nope, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of we came to a uh, an agreement that like, oh, you know what? Why don't I go to Chicago, Columbia College there? And they've got film with like, you know, animation. Like they have an animation department there. And my friends were telling me, oh, you know, you get access to computers right away and that sort of thing. At the time, I was trying to, be, to become like a two D animator, and there's a few times like I can specifically point to specific times where my brain sort of exploded, and you know, those were defining moments. The first one was seeing Akira. That was like that blew my mind. The second one is when I went to go see when when I went to go see Toy Story. I remember I was in college and I saw Toy Story, and I was like, "What? This is amazing!" Like it just blew my mind. I saw it a few times. And after the first time, I remember going in the next week, beginning that the next week and changing my major. I'm like, all right, I want to learn computer animation. At that time, it was pretty early in. And while I was going to college there and I was, I was learning how to do uh, 3D animation, I actually got one of my instructors, I was taking a class, and one of my instructors' name is Luis Contreras, he's a fantastic uh, instructor and. One of my early mentors, he saw my work and he he told me like, you know what, you should. There's a studio in town. You should go talk to those guys and see if they want to give you a job. Your stuff's really cool. They're looking for layout guys. And so I said, sure, I'll go over there. And the company that he was actually working for was Big Idea, guys who do Veggie Tales. And I remember going in and talking to one of the producers there, and he really liked me and he liked my stuff, and he's like okay, well, let's do, have you done any layout before? And I'm like, nope. Because I mean, I'm mean, just in college. I was like, no, nope, never done it. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it really well because I'm not that technical. And he's like, no, let's just do a test. So he had me do a test. I came in a few days later with my test. And he kind of looked at him and he's like, yeah, you're right. Oh, ow. He was really nice about it. He was like, yeah, you're not, these layouts are fine, but you're right. It's not really your thing. And he kept looking at the boards I had. The class I was in was Animation 2 class, which was really a boarding class. And he kept going back to the boards I'd done um, that my instructor showed him. And he's like, you ever done storyboarding before? And, you know, I was kind of aware of it, but not that much. And so I said, sure, you know, like I could try. I could try to do them. So that was my first gig, major gig, was working over at VeggieTales. And I storyboarded there for a few years actually and my first gig and after doing that for i think six or eight months like almost a year i kind of I, I decided to just go full-time so i started full-time over at big idea and i worked on veggie towels for a couple years and then i started working on 321 penguins they were looking for some guides to kind of like hey we want to kind of do a new property big idea want to do a new property and and it's kind of this weird idea about these kids who go on this imag- this imaginary journey into space with these three penguins and stuff. And I was like, that sounds awesome. So me and a few of my friends kind of volunteered, and they were kind of looking for guys who were they call them generalists, you know, so who could kind of do a little modeling, do a little animation. So I actually that was actually a really fun job because I actually got to do. I storyboarded on that. I actually got to do some character designs. I, I helped design some of the guys, some of the main characters. I actually helped build some of them in CG, and I rigged them and I did like I, I animated them on the, on the pilot for it. And that was a really I that was actually really really awesome experience. I was working with a lot of talented guys at the time. It was Aaron Hartline? I was working with him. Daniel Lopez Munoz. You know, so I was working with him. Michael Spooner and it was just a lot of fun because we kind of locked ourselves in a room a bunch of us and we just did a bunch of designs to drew a bunch and it was great i had i had a blast doing that and that actually the work that i did from that actually gave me a huge leap to my next position which is actually went over to animate at blue sky studios so my buddy Aaron Hartline had he had left big idea and he started over at Blue Sky, and he kept telling me, "He's like, you know what? You need to, you need to come over here, dude. They're doing some really, really cool stuff. They're working on, on some uh, on a movie coming out that looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun." And at that time, I'd been trying to get into Pixar with no luck, so I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll try Blue Sky. You know, I really wanted, I really wanted to get into feature at that point, and I and wanted to get into CG feature." So I know, you know, Pixar is doing something at time. I couldn't get there, so I, I sent. A story reel portfolio over to Blue Sky and did really well. (laughs) I got pretty close. They're like, so I remember talking to my friend Aaron, and he's like, dude, you're doing really good. I think it's between you and one other guy. And I was like, oh, awesome. Do you know who the other guy is? And he's like, yeah, it's a a guy's name is uh, Enrico Casarosa. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, forget it forget it it's over and he's like what are you talking about i'm like nah dude like i know enrico's work forget it and he did get the job you know so i was like bummed i was so bummed and at the time like my friend aaron didn't know who was like of course now he does but i'm like there's no way
0: it's like if you're not gonna get in yeah. you know, you get, you didn't get in because it was really cool. So it's like, well, yes,
1: let me yeah. On the right, and I told path. him. I told him that years later, and he just like, oh, he just laughed. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like don't apologize, dude. It was awesome. Like it's a great story. I tell people, and they don't believe me. You know, like it's it was it was pretty awesome. So six months later, he's like, dude, they're looking for animators. You should try for animation, and and I'd been animating on on three, two, one Penguins, and I'd like I said sure. So I sent in a reel. and. They they liked it and they flew me out to an interview. So this is early blue sky it was pretty awesome. They flew me out to White Plains for an interview, and I interviewed with like Chris Wedge and like the animation lead at the time, and Carlos Saldana, and, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this job, but this is amazing. But they ended up really liking this stuff until they brought me in to to work on Ice Age. So Ice Age was the first movie that I animated on. It was my first feature. And I just remember thinking, like, man, I'm, I don't know how I got in here. I'm out of my depths. I'm just going to act like I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know. And I remember one of the first tests, Michael Thurmeyer, he was the head animator at the time. And he's really cool. He welcomed me. He's like, hey, dude, we're going to give you your first shot. I'm like, awesome. He's like, uh, you know, we just want to, you need to test the rig. We'll give you shots, but we want you to, like, get used to our rigs. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, let's do it. And I remember thinking, like, I, I, know, I know what to look for in a rig. You know, I, I worked on 321 Penguins. Those, those rigs were awesome, you know. And I re- remember when we brought up, it was, uh, <laughs> we brought up Manny. And he's like, oh, it takes a second, you know, for... For everything to refresh. And I remember all the controls coming up and it looked like lights on a Christmas tree coming on. Oh it yeah. Like, <laughs> and they just kept going and I'm like, What am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? I'm supposed to animate this thing? And Mike's like, so yeah, are you cool? You I mean you got it? You're like and I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Not a <laughs> so of course, you know, like I ran to my, my, to my friend here and I'm like, dude, you got going to help me out. Like, it was really cool, you know, but I just remember sweating bullets, man. It was, it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, so I worked there. Like I worked at um Blue Sky for six years. I worked five years animating and I finally was able to get into story over on Legend of Leaf Men and I was kind of in development, but around that time I actually got an opportunity to, submit to pixar and i actually got an interview so i was able to go into animation over at pixar so i took the job there and the first film i worked on was ratatouille and that was another one like i remember being so as i've said before i'm a huge super fan superhero fan and i remember when incredibles came out and i i went to go see it i remember being like incredibly inspired just like this is amazing but then also like incredibly like depressed and i'm like how does it How does it it possible for me to feel this way (laughs) like so joyous because movie is amazing but same time like so depressed like i want why didn't i work on that Mm -hmm. and i really wanted a chance to work with brad bird so when i found out i was going to be working with brad on rat ratatouille i was like this is amazing so when i went in for the interview i this is another i'm always i have a lot of stories of me just kind of freaking out by the work <laughs> that people are i remember being being brought in and a really good friend of mine was lighting on it his name is jeremy vickery really really sweet guy awesome really talented i've actually worked with him a little bit of a big idea and he later went to pixar and i remember when i interviewed he's he brought me into his office and he's like dude you got to check out this shot that i'm lighting it looks amazing So i was like okay let's check it out and it was that scene where colette is talking to Linguini, and she's cutting and she's like how many women do you see here and she's cutting the, the cucumber mm-hmm. and i just just remember staring at this shot thinking like yeah there's no way i'm gonna get a job here <laughs> oh, no. this is, they want me to do this this is incredible and i just remember sweating but Again, I started. And, you know, you just got to go and You just got to fake to make it. But for me, Brad was, like, very, like, it was really cool. He's really cool. I mean, the first time I showed him stuff, he was, like, super gracious. He actually laughed. I was, like, he laughed at the shot that I blocked. So I was, like,
0: yes. I well,
1: make that's Brad a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Like, first, my first shot I show, I make the director laugh. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. But, yeah, it was incredible. So at that point, I'd been... So, I started on Ratatouille, worked on Ratatouille, Wally up. I worked all on everything all the way up to uh, Monsters University. And at Monsters University, I actually got an opportunity to make a transition into the story department. And now
0: how did you do that? Because I know that <laughs> it's kind of at a lot of different studios, you know, it's like kind of an iron wall sometimes between the different departments. So, how were you able to go from. Being an animator to going to be a story artist.
1: Well, you need three. <laughs> it involves obviously some tenacity because, like, I really, I I made this joke a long time ago. Like, I started in story. You, you know, I wanted to be an animator, but my first job was as a story artist. I did that, but I was still trying to be an animator. So then, when I got into animation, I was like, man, storyboarding is kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like, but I still love animating. But I was, it's one of those things where it's like. I love doing this job, but I I would love to get, like, a crack at doing some story and feature level. I was fortunate enough while I was working at Blue Sky that it was, like, right after we finished Ice Age. Well, the crazy thing was, like, right after Ice Age finished, they laid off, like, 7% of the guys. But then they brought a bunch of us back. I was one of the guys that got laid off. They brought me back, and we had some time kind of between productions. So I worked on the short. There was a Gone Nutty short that I worked on and animated. When I finished that, Chris kind of invited me. Chris White kind of invited me, like, "Hey, I heard you used to do storyboards at your old place. Do you mind helping out in story a little bit?" So it was kind of like, you know, there's always like a little bit of downtime, or there used to be. I I find less of this is happening lately, but there's always a little bit of downtime between productions, and there's a lot of testing that goes on and stuff. But sometimes some people, you, you might get the opportunity to do something else. Like I know people have helped out doing character design on certain films. They helped out, doing, you know, doing story. And I was invited to do that. So I was doing story stuff on robots. And I went back in animation, animated on robots, and then Ice Age 2. And I asked, well, you know, I really enjoy storyboarding. Can I, I, I kind of want to move into that apartment permanently. And it was a big deal because animators are kind of tough to find, and they really enjoyed my work, so they're kind of like, "We would rather have you as an as an animator." So I just kind of kept pushing, it. like, "Well, if I have an opportunity to do some boarding, can I do that?" And they said, "You know, anytime there was downtime, like, yeah, sure, you can help out." So I actually ended up right after. Well, actually, I worked on a test for Horton Hears Who's the test that they showed. The Widows, Dr. Seuss's Widow, and that, that's when it kind of got her to, like, agree to let Blue Sky do the test. And right after that, I had been talking to a few people, and I ended up talking to Chris about, like, I would love to do some boarding again. So he was able to, like, he kind of said, sure, and they kind of put me on Legend of Leaf Man. It was called Epic at the time, and it was really, really early. So it almost development. So I was lucky fortunate enough to go full-time in the storyboard there and when i took the job and that was like that was a really hard transition for me because i'd worked really hard and i thought really hard to get into story at blue sky the opportunity at pixar came up and i just kind of felt like you know i really wanted to do to work at pixar i've been wanting to work at pixar for years and i just kind of felt like you know i just i just want to be in the atmosphere it doesn't matter if i'm not storyboarding and so when i started over at pixar it was really interesting because I was running a show on, on Ratatouille. So they actually, I know while I was working on Ratatouille, they were looking for story artists for like some of the upcoming films. And I was, I kind of talked to my boss and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I interview for that? Because I am run a show and, you know, possibly could be something that I could jump into. So they were super cool about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, go for it. And I interviewed and it went really well. Like, first of all, I got the interview. So I submitted my portfolio. I got the interview. And all the adult while I'm working at Pixar. And after I did the interview, they ended up going with someone else. I was bummed out. I was like, oh man. So the thing that Pixar is really cool about is when you're between assignments or like when you get when you get your meetings with your supervisors and stuff, you can kind of put a bug in their ear. And I didn't want to be too forceful. I didn't want to say, like, switch me out. But I did kind of tell tell them that, like, hey, you know, I would love to help out. If there's an opportunity that I could do some boarding just to help out between films, that would be awesome. So they gave me a shot. They, they let me do that. I actually ended up doing some kind of cleanup boarding and do some minor boarding on Newt, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And that was oh, really cool. fun. Yeah, it was really cool. I, 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 it was cool. I wasn't expecting it, and it was really, really nice. And you know, I met a bunch of the story guys there, and and it was it was just really, really fun. So I knew all those guys, like all the sto- all the guys in the story department, and they knew. Well, first of all, there's a lot of comic guys there, so that's I, I met all of them, and we would talk about comics. A lot of them were in story, and and then also they knew that I was interested in doing that. So when it was really cool. They, it was a really cool opportunity where they kind of decided they wanted to look for a story artist, but they decided to look internally first, which I thought was really awesome. So they knew that a few of us, a few of us animators were interested. So they kind of did this program one year. It's like, okay, we're going to try this thing. We're going to let you guys try out and see how it works and see, see if you guys can make the transition in, into the story department and we submitted portfolio again and i remember crunching like crazy to like get that thing done and we turned it in and a few of us got picked like yeah you guys we're gonna put you in this like they put us in this boot camp there's a storyboard boot camp they put us in with mark andrews and oh man that was amazing (laughs) that was like a pressure cooker he's like you guys are gonna you know we need yeah. you guys to running, <laughs> you know. So we're like, oh crap. And I remember just being like really frightened again and really like intimidated. But it was awesome. It was like this six week deep dive into story. And Mark has this just undeniable energy, you know what I mean? And he really is passionate about story and I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff during that time. So the way it worked is, like, we went through the six-week process. And at the end of it, we present to all the heads a story, and then they would kind of decide whether or not we can make it, whether or not we would be a story artist. But it had to be kind of like a quorum, you know what I mean? So out of the three of us, all three of us made it in. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. It's also, like, for me, I was, like, super stressed out. I'm like, oh, man, okay, this is Pixar story, you know? But for me, that's, like, the the pinnacle, so there was a lot of pressure, you know, I mean, to kind of perform and do a really great job. So,
0: and it's encouraging too, because I think, you know, a lot of people, I think when they first get out of school, they kind of have this, not everybody, but people have this assumption of I have now gone to art school. I now know things. It's like, no, you're going to be learning at every single job. And I think it's really cool that you went and you're like, there are things that I know. And there are things that they can teach me. That I don't yeah. know, and I'm I'm willing to learn.
1: Yeah, I always find that like if you're ever at a point where you think that you that you know everything, that's when you got to worry. You know, what I mean, <laughs> if you feel like that, then then you got to work harder. I think because you should always be learning. You know, and if you're if you're not if you're not getting something out of it, maybe it's time to like look at something else or find some sort of way to change things up.
0: Good call. So then you're in story. So then. How was that Being yeah. from, you know, being in animation to being in story? What was that like?
1: It was very different, but I enjoyed it. It's kinda of like a different side of your brain. You know what I mean? You're using like when you're animating, when you're animating you're very focused on details and like the things you're thinking of, it's, it's almost like you're you're hyper-focused on minutia, you know, because when you're polishing, you want everything to like, you know, you're looking at all your curves and you're paying attention to your performance, you know, you're stepping through stuff and you're making sure everything's flowing correctly. When you're doing story stuff, you're putting, it's like you're putting on a completely different brain. And now I think the story process is pretty intense. The skill sets that you need to do it now, like they're always increasing. <laughs> so um, it can be tricky, you know what I mean? I know for me, I got a little overwhelmed with with it because I tried in the beginning, I tried to like, I want to be good at all of it right now. And you kind of can't do that. That's a good way to mess yourself up. The best thing you could do is just kind of assess yourself and say like, all right, what am I doing good on? And like, you can do that. You can even get people... To like people's input, which is which is really great, and then you got to kind of step back and go like, okay, what is the thing that needs the most work? You know, almost get a checklist, and then you just work on that thing, and like once you feel that that's that you're more comfortable with it, then you move on to the next worst thing, you know, and it it almost turns into like this rotating checklist, you know what I mean? Like because it's a lot to learn, like it's a lot to learn. Talking about composition, you're talking about filmmaking, cameras, camera lenses, you know, performance. You're also thinking about story arcs and like appeal. Like there's so many things. It's incredible. I remember when I first started and they, they kind of went over like, okay, well, we want to kind of get over what we review. Like when we review the, the things that we're taking into account. And when you see all of, like, I looked at the list and I was like, wow, this is crazy. It's like a laundry list of things that they keep in mind. But the key is not to get overwhelmed, you know. So what happened when, when I was there is I, I, was actually, I actually worked on, first thing I I boarded on was the um, Toy Story that Time Forgot. And that was the the Toy Story Christmas special. And it was It was directed by um, Steve Purcell and um, Derek Thompson was the lead. And that was awesome. That was like such a great introduction to the story process. Those guys were like, I really liked their sensibilities and it was a really fun show. And it was awesome. And then I worked on a couple others. I worked on a, a few more Toy Story shorts. And then I worked on Cars 3 after that. And then... Helped out a little bit on Dino, And then that's when that whole thing with Dino went down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if a lot of people were aware, but there was a point where because that production got pushed and the company was put in a position where they had to actually lay off a number of their employees. Well, I was in that number of people. Um... Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bummer. But that's also one thing that is also something that is like a total reality. People need to realize that that like that is something that happens in our industry. It ha- it's happened to me twice. It happened to me over at like, Blue Skies. Blue Sky hired me back, like not like not even three months later, and it happened at Pixar and happens all over the place. So, oh, actually, what am I talking about? It happened the third time over at DreamWorks with that last crazy. Oh, the one where Dreamworks. they
0: the hundreds of people.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was there.
0: Was, visiting my mentor the week they announced oh, wow. that yeah it was oh,
1: wow.
0: it was it was interesting because i i came out to visit her and then i get a call from her saying well just so you know they just announced some layoffs so call before you arrived make sure i'm actually still here
1: so wow. that was a
0: it was a weird experience that was the first time i'd ever been over there and it was like yeah. it was almost like being in a haze i was like yeah, wow this crazy. is a beautiful place and all these people are leaving like, okay.
1: Yeah. That was a really weird time too, because Mm. like, I think it caught a few people off guard because I mean, I remember talking to some people and I'm like, Hey, I'm cool. Right. Like, yeah, don't worry. Like story never gets. And then like that person who told me that was like weeping and like, I don't know what happened. You know, like they just, it was just, it was a really deep cut, you know, it was crazy. But I mean, getting a little bit ahead of myself. So after the Pixar thing, when that happens, like it is, it's really like, you're like, oh, is it me? What do I do? Like you kind of feel a little like lost, you know, like I was like really surprised that, um, just the number, I've got like several offers and several people interviewed me and it was really great. And I ended up going to DreamWorks, like DreamWorks was really keen to get me. So I went and I worked over there. And I worked there for nine months until the whole thing went down, which was just caught everybody off guard. And around that time, I was also working on a short. I'm still working on. And right after, I had a few months that I could kind of like not work for. So I decided, like, you know, I'm going to work on my short. You know, I was just that's just kind of where I was at, and and I really wanted to focus on it. Focus on doing something that I really was like excited about. And while I was doing that, I did that for a few months. I ran like, even ran like an Indiegogo campaign for it. And
0: oh,
1: so this is the Book of Mojo that right? you talked about? Yes, this is the Book of Mojo. And so as I was working on that, I, I think I took off like three months, three or four months to work on that. And it was great. I got a lot of stuff done. But then soon after that, I took a, a freelance yeah. job over at Paramount. Worked at Paramount for a few months, and then once that freelance gig ended, I actually recently jumped on a job over at Sony. So I got hired to work as a story artist at Sony back in October. And that's where I've been for since then. So that's that's kind of the history. <laughs> that is
0: a that is a very awesome history. You've had a chance to work at almost all of the major studios and i'm curious what is it like how do you transition going from one to the other because i imagine that you know everybody's different directors are different story artists are different but all those studios because of how long they've been around and the movies they do they all have a different culture too so how do you adapt from place to place
1: well i mean you go in and like i'm very like so like I said, like a lot of my family's from, from the South. So I'm all about like kind of Southern manners, you know, manners, like yes, man, no man, that sort of thing. And so I was kind of going like, get in lay of the land, see kind of how things work. You know, like a lot of times I just, I just kind of observe, you know, that's how I spend like my first few weeks there. And you really find that. At least for me, the animation industry has been is really welcoming. Generally, like I don't think I've been anywhere where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the worst." Everywhere I've been, people have been really cool. It's you know, so you just kind of spend some time getting a lay of the land and getting to know people and seeing how different people change how they treat the people and how they kind of operate. And you you get into it pretty quickly. You know, got to make sure you ask the right questions too, but. It's usually pretty smooth. I haven't like I said, I haven't been anywhere where I was like, oh man, get me out of here. You know? (laughs) I've been lucky, I think.
0: That's really good. And I I'm curious too, because this kind of goes back to to the beginning, but you got into three D animation almost at the very beginning. I would say that you're like the like the second wave of 3D animators. And so What was that like entering it? Because I know at the time, there weren't necessarily a whole lot of resources and a whole lot of information about yeah. that. So how were you able to find what you needed in school and the tools that you needed to get into it?
1: Well, yeah, it's really interesting. So when you say second wave, I definitely feel like, yeah, that, that was the second wave. And that was one that was really interesting because I think the first wave, there was a lot of technical people, you know, because was computer animation so you got a lot of techie sort of people and the second wave i think was a lot more influx of artistic people who were like wait let me see if i can kind of figure this out and that was kind of me like like i said i wanted to be a comic book artist and i was really interested in 2d animation but i actually think i actually think that doing cg was, was a really good fit for me because i remember even just building models like i could do like i could do like a turnaround of a character and then build it you know and i really kind of got a sense i had that sense for 3d so i think that really helped out helped me out in the beginning and there's also a certain amount of wild west where it's like this is a new burgeoning art form so it's like people were just looking for talent you know what i mean it's, it's just like we need people now we need to start filling seats so i felt like i was really lucky because I would say there's me and a group of my friends. I think are very much like the digging guys. You know, so you, you know what I mean. Where it's like so at the time, I I might be like, you know what, I don't know that much about rigging, but I'm gonna take the weekend and like read through these this huge Maya manual to learn it and practice it. We just kind of roll up roll up our sleeves and just dive in, you know. So that afforded that really worked out well for me, you know. So a lot of it, like I said before, it's kind of faking it to make it. You know, I can do that, just convincing someone, like, yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can make that work, and then just working really, really hard to do it. But it, it is true. Like at that time, like that was such a really interesting and awesome time to kind of get into it. That's actually one of the reasons. One of the reasons I actually ended up going to Columbia College that reminded me was that they actually they had computers. That had Maya. I remember at the time. This is to to give you an idea. Maya was like a new thing. This was like a new thing. And I remember when I was going to school, a lot of people were still using like Alias Wavefront, and the other one was Softimage, and even Lightbox. This is way way back. So those are the things that I was kind of learning. And I remember Maya coming out. I remember a friend of mine showing me Maya, and I was like, "What is that? That is amazing!" And he's like, "It's going to be the industry standard, man. You need to learn this." (laughs) So I remember like jumping on that and like just taking it all in and that got, gave me such a huge leap because I remember being at school and again like they wanted me to learn alias and I'm like I was kind of I don't know I might have been annoying a little bit <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> want to do I didn't want to do the alias assignments and I'm like this isn't going to be industry standard this is like alias is getting phased out and the, the instructors like people still use alias is used all the time for artistic rendering i'm like i don't want to do artistic (laughs) i want to animate this is like why am i learning this which is actually part of the reason why i actually ended up just going full time over at blue sky because there are some friends of mine actually aaron hartline and daniel lopez were working there and i didn't know a lot of Maya. and then i worked on a short with aaron and they in their kind of in their spare time in their like in our after hours we would stay late and they were they taught me like i didn't take a lot of classes in school for it. I actually learned from these guys I was working with. They would show me stuff and I would go show them animation tests and stuff like that. And they go, okay, that's cool. Maybe work on this and that. So that's kind of how I, I did it. I was totally guerrilla style.
0: I feel like that's the way to go though. And I've heard that from a lot of people where they learn things from the professors, but most people yeah. I know, they learn from just hanging out with their friends in lab. For a really, yeah. really long time, you know? Long and time. just
1: yeah. being yeah.
0: super committed to figuring out stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were living it for a while. Like, I, I worked on this short, long time ago called Half-Pint Heroes. and We did it in soft image. And we would work all day. So we worked from, like, 9 to 6. And then we would go get dinner. And after dinner, we would go back to the studio. And we would stay there. And we would work to, like one two in the morning and i remember we would just go back we would leave and we'd get on the train and i remember my friend aaron's like we'll be talking about this dude one day we'll be like having beers talking about the time we left you know the studio at two in the morning and sure enough i mean he was right like we just you know you just live it you just have to kind of immerse yourself in it and just live live that you know as artists it's kind of in our nature to do that like we can't we we, ha- we always kind of dive deep That is
0: true. I'm curious though, I've had like debates with instructors and other art students and friends too about like the whole 2D and 3D thing, but you immersed yourself in both. I mean, you know how to draw. You're a great story artist. I've seen your storyboards. I've seen your comic work and your illustrations, but you also know 3D and you understand animation and rigging. So is it a mindset thing more than... A tools thing, because I know that there are people out there yeah. who are like, no two d's dead or no, three d's a waste of time, but you embraced both. So what do you think? Yeah, what's different about you that other people in the industry didn't necessarily do?
1: yeah, I think it's I think it probably is a mindset because it's all it's all tools to me, and like you know, I know the strengths of one versus like I have an opinion of the strengths of 2D versus the strength of 3D, and and I actually feel like okay, well, you know, this whole thing of like 2D is dead and now 3D, it's like well, that's kind of driven by the market and there's this fancy new thing because now even we're seeing when I see this, a lot of students coming out now, and they, a lot of them just want to do 2D. They're like, I don't care, I just want to do 2D, and I I, I understand that. I also believe that because it's just a medium, you know, it's like, I love it all. Like I actually did a little stop though when I was in college and I love that. I'd love to try something like that at one point, you know, because it's all like, it's all just a medium, you know, and there's also, there's so many really cool things that are being done right now. I've, I've been seeing a lot of really cool shorts and like commercial spots where they're actually doing really cool mix of the two where you're seeing 2d and 3d mix really really well you know so it's interesting that you mentioned that i think a big part of it is i'm kind of a technophile like i love technology but i'm still like i still think paper is great because it's cheap you know (laughs) so it's like and it's a great way to get your ideas out you know it's a great way to do it so it's all about kind of like knowing the tools you got to try them all you got to see what their strengths and weaknesses are and so you can figure out how and if you want to use it. Some of the tools you might not want to use, but they're all they're all pretty awesome.
0: That's good for me to hear. It's funny, when I first started the show, I was like, you know, oh, is there a divide between two D and 3D? And I've talked to people where they originally did 2D, saw that you know the industry was changing and they went to 3D. And then other people who went, No, I'm sticking with two D no matter what. But you're one of the few people I've talked to who's embraced both. And I think that's really yeah. cool that you found a way. where It's like you know what I enjoy both. They both have their strengths.
1: And there was a certain part of me where this <laughs> is really funny. When I was doing two, when I was like trying to get into two D, I really want to work at Disney. And I remember before, right before Toy Story came out, I'm like, "No way, man! Three D." just—they're just not going to get that same subtlety in the acting. And it's just not going to be there. And just going to Toy Story, and seeing it and being like, "Oh, I was wrong," you know. And I think part of that was like how I got into mindset where was like, you know, it's not—it's—it's like, it's all a tool. It's all how you use things. You know what I mean? Like, is it rough? It, yeah, it's a new art form, but like, it's also amazing. And and I, I could just tell like this thing's going to develop. It's only going to keep getting better. I need to learn this. And I also, like, there's also me sort of seeing some of the writing on the wall where you're looking at, like, what Toy Story is making and how well it's doing. And I'm like, okay, there's only going to be more of these. And if you can kind of feel sort of where the industry is kind of, like, taking a turn and, like, where it's, where it's kind of going.
0: And that concludes part one of my interview with Everett Downing. Special thanks to Everett for being a fantastic guest. And make sure to check in next week for part two. You'll definitely want to hear what Everett has to say before his upcoming talks at CTN Expo. So make sure to tune in next week for that. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And I want to thank everyone who has left a review. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that all of you out there are listening. And you can also support the show by donating via PayPal at www.theanimatedjourney.com. Every little bit helps me to keep the show up and running to pay for things like web hosting. So thank you everyone for that. And you can also support the show by supporting our lovely sponsors, Blueberry Podcast Hosting, Loot Crate. Amazon.com and Audible.com. Audible.com is your home for every audiobook under the sun. Amazon.com is your place to buy literally everything. Loot Crate is your place to find great geek and gaming gear. And Blueberry Podcast Hosting is your one-stop shop if you want to create a podcast of your very own. So make sure to visit www.theanimatedjourney.com and click on the banner ads for those sites. When you do, a little bit of money comes back to the show and you also have the opportunity to buy some really cool things from our sponsors. So make sure to take advantage of that. And if you want to see what else is going on in the wonderful world of The Animated Journey, make sure to check out the Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash The Animated Journey. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can find the site at Journey. That's at A-N-I-M journey. And if you want to check out what I've been up to lately, you can visit my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is www.sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And I was able to secure my new Instagram page. The person that used to have at sketchysoul, decided to leave Instagram. So sorry to see you go. Hope that you're doing really well. But what that means is that I now have a brand new Instagram page. So you can check me out on Instagram at Sketchy Soul and also on Twitter at Sketchy Soul. So thank you again to everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. I love hearing all of your feedback for the show and getting to interview brand new and exciting guests. So as always, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.